Nicole, before we get started, I just really want to establish the fact that this is the first boozy drinking and thinking that we've had in a long time. Don't tell the audience that. They'll think that we weren't drinking and thinking at the same time. We were drinking, but we're doing a lot more drinking and less thinking this time around. And less thinking. (laughs) (laughs) What are we drinking tonight, Nicole? We're drinking beer. And not just any beer, but we're drinking the Hobgoblin beer. And it's actually really good. I like it a lot. And I think that's a testament to the fact that we've grown up. Our tastes have changed. No more Canadian. No more Canadian. We're drinking like real hoity-toity beer now. I was in my fridge from the last party. <laughs> Cheers, come on in. What you talking to chat? From politics, the best of six side opinions and locks. You got Julie and Nicole. You know they're on the show. Keeping up with current topics just to keep you in the know. So if you're looking for a place to talk, you hit the right spot. We're talking bottles as we're down and on to food with the fuck. So raise your drinks, take a sip while you're tipping your glass. This is Drinking and Thinking. Welcome to the podcast. So, what do you want to talk about tonight? Oh my god, Julie, I have to tell you something. What? I got a new kitty! I know you did, and you named it the wrong name, but I still think she's cute and Only adorable. because you're obsessed with the name Jam. Fuck! Jam is clearly the best okay, cat name. Okay, listeners, I have to tell you this story. So, um, my partner, Doug, and I decided that we were going to look at Cats at the Humane Society because we've been thinking for two years about getting a cat, okay? And we finally decided to make the plunge. So we take Julie along the ride with us to the Humane Society. And in the car, before we've even gotten out of the car at the Humane Society, Doug turns to me and he says, okay, Nicole, like you can't just, you can't just see a cat and just fall in love with it. That's not how this is going to work. This is a serious decision. Like he was panicking about me going in and being like, oh my God, I love this cat. Oh my God, I love that cat. Oh my God, we have to take them all home. Anyway. Who goes into the Humane Society and is like, oh my God, you know the cat that you have to fucking buy? Julie. Julie says she meets this cat. It's the first cat she fucking meets. His name was Jam. His name was Jam. And (laughs) she's like, the whole ride home, she's like, so you know what cat you need to get? You need to get Jam. And as much as Pixel is fucking adorable, I'm just saying Jam was way cooler because his Mm, name was amazing. Pixel is a female cat, first of all, which is awesome. Because I don't she even can... like cats, but, but you Jam was cat. awesome. You love our cat? I love Jam, and Pixel's a If you loved Jam so much, prize. why did you leave him at the Ottawa Humane Society? I don't, I don't know. You horrible person. He totally got adopted the next day. His name was Jam. Who wouldn't adopt him? Come on. <laughs> we didn't adopt him. <laughs> but we've already established we're terrible people. That being said, are we... Speak for yourself. Hang on a second. Is pet ownership unethical? I think about this sometimes. You know, like, we've got these cute little creatures that we we basically enslave into our homes. Like, not enslave, but take prisoner. For all intents and purposes. That's a really good they, question. They are honest to God captives in your home. Well, I think that depends because like, so when you get a cat from the Ottawa Humane Society, they definitely tell you that they don't want their cat going outside. Um, and they, and part of the reasoning for that is A, they probably don't want it to end up back at the Ottawa Humane Society. Uh, and B, um, one of the reasons they gave was that they often take these animals in off the street or whatever, particularly cats. And um, 
they think that they've had such a rough life on the street and therefore they don't want to subject them to that again. But my family has always had indoor outdoor cats. So in terms of talking about like, I think your question, I would really have to think of it within the context of specific animals because Mm -hmm. my, my family at home, they live on a farm or in farm area and uh, they let their cat, like there's no way they would be able to keep the cats inside Mm -hmm. because cats are so curious and so interested in being outside. And a lot of times we also get barn cats or something like that. So they just, they're just exploratory animals. They don't want to be inside and they, they aren't. And therefore I would not think of them as captives. In fact, I would think of them as using us as like a home base to pick up easy food and scratches and, and like, like we're their slaves. Like we're the ones who go to the door when they scratch on it and let them out. And we're the ones who feed them when they meow. However, in the city, it's a little different. But one of the things I really like about having a cat is that they, A, they are very independent. Mm. They can take care of themselves and, um, and they don't need attention all the time. So I really like that aspect. Whereas a dog is, they love you <laughs> until the end and they need attention all the time. And, and the other thing I like about her is she'll come and she'll like lay down beside me and we have this like camaraderie where we're like, oh, we're both tired. We're both going to sleep right now. We're going to cuddle while we do it, share each other's warmth. And it's just, there's something so amazing about loving and being loved by, but then again, I'm, I'm assuming that my cat loves me. I'm see, assuming that. And see, this is the thing. So you can assume that your cat loves you because you're, you're giving them this, especially rescue cats like Pixel mm-hmm. is. So you got, you ended up, so like the happy ending to your story of not getting jam like you should have <laughs> was that you late, later went on to adopt Pixel, mm-hmm. which is super cute because, you know, she's a rescue kitty and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm totally a fan of that. It's like if, if, if a kitty cat or a puppy or a little bunny rabbit uh, is a domestic animal uh, and they're like left on they're neglected or left on the street for whatever reason then yeah it makes sense to adopt them because you're giving them a home that they're more suited to than fending for themselves in the wild which Mm -hmm. they probably wouldn't be able to do but I have another question so like okay on in that respect I can kind of agree with anyone who says you know pet ownership isn't unethical I'm giving them a happy home which great if you're a good pet owner kudos I agree with you however when you start to think of like animals that are then bred purely to be pets, like purebreds, dogs and cats that are meant to be pretty, often okay, to the yeah, detriment yeah. of their own genetic mm-hmm. makeup. Yeah. Right? Like how do I you feel about that? I, I personally, well, and this is like a bias that I, I gained from my family where I would never, ever buy a purebred animal uh, in terms of cats and dogs primarily because I, I don't. I mean, maybe I would buy a purebred snake or something. I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know why people have reptiles as pets, but Mm -mm. aside from the allergy thing. But yeah, no, I would never buy a a purebred cat or dog because I think that we have tampered so much with gene pools of these animals that we've actually bred creatures that can't survive without pain. Like I think about wiener dogs, for example. Going back to your question, I... Definitely would never adopt or, well, no, not adopt. I would definitely never buy a purebred animal because I think that that is a little 
that is a little unethical personally, because I think that we have gone to the extremes with breeding these pets to the point where, um, for example, ragdoll cats, they can't defend themselves. And to create a predator that cannot defend itself is a real messed up part thing to, for human beings to do. I think, um, to create dogs that need surgery in the first few years of their lives in order to be able to breathe and survive. I think that's evil. Why have we done that? Why? Because we like the look of them. Yeah. Or any smush faced dogs. Like, they a lot of times they their nasal canals are so squished that they need surgery in order to be able to breathe. I'm that glad, is evil. I'm glad you brought this up because like this is kind of like tangentially related to what I'm I'm we're kind of talking about. But pugs, they're like all the rage right now. All of a sudden, like pugs are the new cats of internet gold, and I don't understand it because I like don't pugs. Maybe it's because they're ugly. Are you kind of like and they um, can't breathe on their own? It's kind of like grumpy cat. And have you ever heard Maria Bamford's joke about her her pugs? No. Oh my god, she has this amazing. Jo- I can't even quote it, but she's like talks about her her pug. I think sun sunflower or something. Uh. Anyway, she gets it from this like pug rescue center, and the trainer is really funny because he's like, "So rules about pugs," and then he talks about different rules about pugs, like what they can and cannot do, and then he's like. These are not smart animals. He's like, pugs love the water, but they cannot swim. Anyway, you got to listen to the joke. I'm not doing it any justice. Maria Bamford's funny, and I love when she talks about her pugs. And she's dead now. <gasps> Sunflower, not oh Maria Bamford. My God. Sunflower is dead. But she's got new pugs, so. But I don't understand. Like, this is the thing that I don't understand. I've only met a pug or two in my life. And, and you know, aside from the fact that, like, I hate mouth breathers, Pugs are cute. You know what I mean? Like they're they're cute, but I don't I don't get it. Like why why why? Why did we breed them to be this way? And second of all, is that right? Like should we continue to propagate this breed? Like shouldn't we start introducing fresh water to the gene pool? Like I don't know. Like is that ethical to continue to breed these animals when we know they have problems? We know that I they think, have breathing problems. I we know think, that Dachshunds have back problems. Yeah. And that they're in pain all the time. And, and I think that's evil. And live a but sad I life. I think that we should think of it in terms of human beings. If, if we could breed purebred human beings, whatever that ended up being, and they had genetic problems, would, would it be ethical to continue breeding them that way? And if the answer is no, then one would argue that it is also unethical to breed animals in that way however okay, let me you know the big thing that this gets into before you jump in because i'm just gonna train steamroll this conversation here is this gets into the idea of whether or not man is superior to animal ultimately yes because clearly we're playing god with another creature you know because that's the way that i see it it's like we are taking the laws of creation and and using it to our own like for whatever benefit like it's not even a benefit at this point who are we benefiting by having these stupid squat legged dogs that have back problems like who does that benefit and well, that leads animals into like make the, people happy and there's a lot of things uh psychologically that animals help with okay okay i get that but at the same time wouldn't a healthy happy dog have the same like emotional benefit as like a squat 
bad-backed dog. I'm talking about wiener dogs. Like, a wiener dog is hilarious to look at. Like, let's be honest. And they're cute. But at the same time, can't you find, like, my brother's dog. She's, um, like, part husky, part lab. She's dumb as bricks, but beautiful and hilarious. She probably brings just as much joy as a Dachshund. And she doesn't have problems. I don't agree with that necessarily because not everybody is comfortable with large dogs. Okay, and okay, a okay, 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 is okay. A small dog. Hang on, hang on a second. And not but just, like, what? yo, okay. For not just that, you can't forget put fucking oh, husky labs in wiener outfits where they look like a hot dog okay, in a bun. But you, but you can get little, you can get little dogs that are equally healthy. They're not purebreds. So like sure like you what? can you can breed for size. I mean I yeah you could have mutts. Yeah that little 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 mutts that are healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. But why do we specifically breed to have these dogs that have problems? If only and they're so helpless that clearly they're they're meant to be dependent upon us. Is that our own selfish desire to be needed? Like does that fill, fulfill someone's d- sick maternal instincts? This makes me think of Cosmos and they explain how dogs evolved with man in terms of beneficial relationship where the dog would hang around man encampments and the men would throw their scraps to the dogs. The dogs would therefore protect the circle, yeah. a.k.a. their right to food, mm-hmm. and would fight off all the other predators. And then it became more and more mm-hmm. symbiotic. Mm-hmm. Is that the correct term? Symbiotic? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And then and then it became a situation where man started to train dog to do the things that man wanted dog to do. Mm-hmm. So it started as a symbiotic relationship and i would i would argue that even though they are domesticated now and they they learn to do tricks and do things mm-hmm. for man and man is not as afraid of dog mm-hmm. um it's still a beneficial relationship for a dog because as long as he gets a good owner he's going to be living with food regularly um physical exercise regularly water uh coat and nail and teeth treatments that he would not get otherwise like i think it's a pretty sweet deal and in terms of like the breeding of the pets though it sucks that we Mm. do that kind of stuff but i think that has to do a lot with like the upper classes throughout the ages demanding Mm -hmm. uniqueness that doesn't make it ethical though no it's not ethical it's not so that's what i'm trying to get at so like again the, the like to come full circle is the idea that so adopting a pet who is clearly domesticated probably can't survive on its own taking it and giving it a happy home that's beautiful that's fine however it's these people who like breed animals for specific detrimental traits that i highly question you know like to the point where these dogs are so helpless they can't even survive without invasive surgery. Like, that's that's a bit much to me. And I think, because, like, what are they bred for if nothing but to but to fulfill, like, this empty hole in people's hearts? That is unethical. One of the things that I'm thinking about, though, like, is I wonder how many of these animals would just happen naturally. Like, without human intervention? Okay, sure. Would they happen naturally? Yeah, Maybe of they course, wouldn't. Of course. There are always mutations. There will always be runs. There will always be unfortunate, weaker, like, weaker creatures, right? Obviously. But at the same time, the fact that we are, like, taking advantage of our knowledge to breed these specific non 
positive traits. Like, like what is, what is wrong with a pug? Like deviated septums or something? Something that allows them not to breathe. Or these dogs with so many rolls that they would never be able to keep themselves clean. Or these dogs with heart problems who with a propensity towards cancer with with back problems because you'll still be little legs and really long backs like that's mean to, to seek these traits out just because because they're like somehow desirable you know like it's just kind of that's not so cool. what would you propose i would propose is that just you know like try to raise healthy animals kind of thing what and does like, that we, entail i don't i see i don't know I see this is the thing that's complicated like as every like there's this huge movement to spay and neuter your pets mm-hmm. which is great so if everyone did that it's supposedly to the benefit of your animal however if you were to think about it in like a purely like primal way like removing their ability to reproduce is arguably removing their ability to fulfill their existence depending on how you look at it but Let's say that's not an issue. Like, I don't know, just letting them letting them boink whoever they want to boink if they've still got junk to use kind of thing. I don't know. Instead, instead of going out of your way to be like, I like your squished nose. And I really like the fact that your back is so long you can't support it properly. What about well, breeding breed for temperament? How See, do you feel about that? That's a bit different. Though, How is it different? Because it's not necessarily detrimental to the well-being of the animal. What if somebody's However, breeding the animals to be more aggressive because they're going to be guard dogs, for example? See, this is where it's complicated. This is the thing where it's like, let things go all natural. Just... But then you run the risk of having dogs that, like having labs, for example. Labs are known to being the dogs that are huge family creatures, you know? They're really calm. Mm -hmm. They're good with children. They're protective, but not in a super aggressive way. And yet, if we let nature take its course, then in terms of the whole survival of the fittest... The most aggressive dogs would be the ones who not necessarily, not necessarily, because survival of the fittest does not mean the person who can chow down on everyone else. Survival of the fittest is the person who can fit most properly into the ecosystem. That is the difference. And and, but an aggressive dog. Do you think an aggressive dog would live on to boink other dogs? No. Look at the Rottweiler or the Pitbull situation. You know, those people are they are being purposely eliminated. The people, I wish. For (laughs) not the people. These animals The evil people that raise dogs that are Abused what is it? Rot- rotties or pit bulls? Pit bulls. Pit bulls are being eradicated basically from Ontario and elsewhere in Canada because they've been given a bad name because either people don't train them or it's primarily because people. people don't train them. Exactly. But I mean, so that is not survival of the fittest. Aggression is not rewarded. If you have aggressive dogs, they're going to be put down. So and therefore that would not be somebody. and that mean that means that would not be survival of the fittest. The fittest dog would be no. the person who could jolt. No, who, I like, disagree. I disagree, and here's why: because you have an aggressive dog, and you're you're totally saying, "Oh, let nature take its course." The aggressive dog is the gonna gonna be the dog that gets off the leash, that runs to the next dog who's in heat, and fucks her. That's what's going to happen with the aggressive dog. With the passive dog who obeys its owner, he's never going to get off the leash in order to get out and procreate. Do you think an aggressive dog who may have potentially mauled a human on its way to like boinking a bunch of female dogs, do you really think 
Do you really think they're not going to get shot down before that point? If it mauled a human? Yeah. Well, are we talking about being in the States where everybody has guns or in Canada? Well, this has <laughs> sincerely gone off the rails. In a nutshell, breeding animals with traits that lead to health complications is unethical. If you rescue a cat or a dog from the Humane Society, which I hope you do if you desire a pet, that is a-okay because they're already domesticated and they need a loving home. Until next time. Good night. Cheers, come on in. What you talking to chat? From politics, the best of six side opinions and lives. You got Julie and Nicole. You know they run the show. Keeping up with current topics just to keep you in the know. So if you're looking for a place to talk, you hit the right spot. We're talking bottles as we're down and on to fool with the pot. So raise your drinks, take a sip while you're tipping your glass. This is Drinking and Thinking. Welcome to the podcast.